And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 111. Take two. The World of Myth Bits. We know 2020 hasn't been the finest of years. Um, I think that there have been some amazing things that have happened this year. That's undoubtable, 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 whatever the word is. <laughs> I just think, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely, it feels good to know that we're kind of coming to an end. Um, and, I feel like something we could all benefit from is a little bit of uh, mental washing, so to speak, you know, uh, kind of cleaning our psyche uh, instead of focusing on constant negative news, constant um, bad things that just wind up in our peripheral um, things that we need to be aware of, things that we need to pay attention to, but it can be very exhausting, very tiresome to see it all 24-7. Um, so what I, I kind of did, what, what, what you and I agreed to do, was to find good, good news occurrences throughout the year. Um, I know that it's not really... Uh, creatively motivated uh, things to kind of get your your motors running in the the creative aspect. I mean, hopefully it is, but I would argue that on account of creativity can come out of many sources, real life, and and, and many other facets. That's know? kind of what I was hoping for. That these these stories would kind of help us uh, get into uh, a a a positive mindset to want to create, you know, um, depending on where your creativity comes from. Um, I know I personally like to be in a positive mindset when I create, because if I'm not, I'm just going to sit there and obsess. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to think of really negative things. I'm going to have intrusive thoughts and things I really don't want to inflict into my work. Um, because a lot of my work doesn't doesn't uh, inspire that out of me. A lot of my work, you know, inspires uh, a lot of insightfulness, but more on a, on a positive spectrum. Um, so on that note, like I said, I just kind of wanted to um, share with everybody some some nice things that have happened this year that we can kind of. Um, take inspiration from. So I also wanted to, even though we're not at the end of the year yet, <laughs> we're still in, in December. Uh, 
I wanted to send out like a huge, huge congratulations to uh, the world of myth. You know, everything between Dark Myth Publications, Jason, on everything that has been accomplished this year. Everything that's been accomplished in the past years is magnificent. But this year has, I think, been very testing for everybody. Everybody has felt the effects of a year with so much negativity and to be a part of something that has kind of met it head on and uh, fought back in a way. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's exciting. So, all right. I want to congratulate Melissa Ridley Elms. Back in January, her book, Arthurian Things, a collection of poems was published and we actually got to meet Melissa at PCE and I love her to death and she's definitely somebody who uh is just I will I could listen to her whatever like <laughs> she wanted to write a blog about um oh cardboard boxes I think it would probably be absolutely amazing <laughs> all right also at PCE, we did see Eternally Bound, the PCE edition, published by Stephanie J. Bardi. Uh, again, got to meet Stephanie for the first time at PCE, and that was so fun and so exciting. Um, then we got to get What Will Be Will Be by Randolph R. Lofgren. Diary of a Madman by Jeff R. Young in October. Full Moon and Howlin', a werewolf anthology by various writers. Uh... Worth Waiting For by Gabriella Belcom, which, as you know, has reached uh, some pretty good spots. I think also, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second, uh, <laughs> we, which congratulations to Gabriella. Also, we have The Chosen by Stephanie J. Barty published this month, which also has reached uh, some some pretty good lists there on Amazon. So, again, I mean, to have a list like this for a year is uh, for a year that has just like tried to beat everybody down into submission is amazing um congratulations everybody yes i also like my i don't know how you feel about this but like doesn't your brain kind of trip up when you realize pce was this year yeah yeah a bit because it was so close like it's gonna feel years apart it's yeah, you know, because it feels like PC was last year, but yeah. it was just in in February of this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's like, crazy. Yeah, have a time span, you know, is uh, is further along when you don't have event after event, you know, mm -hmm. um, like when we would have the events so close together, you'd be able to space the months out and be like, okay, this was this, but there's no distance of time to be able to regulate where what was so you kind of lose it you yeah because it was almost like immediately after pce uh within about a month i think it was uh quarantine kicked in i don't even remember a pce even hearing anything about covid or, or anything like that. i don't think really anybody did and then it happened so fast well i remember and, the, remember the first day um i remember the first day when uh the reports were coming out about this virus that was released accidentally, you know, and uh, 
then I made the comment, I think, about washing your hands. I said, well, you better wash your hands, you know. <laughs> um, and then it uh, blew up into something else. And now with there's reports of it not being what it was and a whole bunch of mishmash of good stuff, you know. Um, it's, it's neither here nor there, you know. It is a uh, it's an event in in human history which can happen again so mm-hmm. luckily we can remember this just like it happened last time though didn't we no. well the first thing i did i think <laughs> when when everything kind of kicked in well first of all, i remember when i was at work cuz i worked in retail and i remember when when reports first initially really started kind of becoming very prominent and I remember I had a customer come in and it was a man and his daughter his daughter had just started chemotherapy and he was like yeah you know we just got or I'm getting ready to go on a cruise and I was like oh that you know scare me because of COVID and like I said it just it kind of in hindsight I'm like oof you know like I I how almost trivial it was back then you know just a couple months ago but well, let me let me put it this way. When I was a kid, my and I'm sure everybody can relate here. Uh, my grandparents were really uh, had a weird thing about food, you know. Um, my grandma was always like, "You need to eat enough. You're not eating enough. You know, <laughs> something happens, and you just couldn't make the connection in your brain as to why you're wondering because they grew up and lived through the Great Depression, you know, and you just couldn't." Uh, you know, uh, compute that. Yeah. I know I couldn't. So when I make a joke about it happening again, even though it's not a joke, it's a, it's a reality. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an alignment for our generation, such as when the term, the greatest generation is thrown around. It's because they had gone through this large thing and they feel that has built them as a generation to be this large thing. Yeah. And now it's our turn. Yeah, right? it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it is our turn. It is. <laughs> this is an enlightening year for everybody. And I know many people who have been enlightened through this experience. Oh, yeah. You know. I think I've been one of them. I think you've been one of them. I think a lot of people, especially creatives, have been enlightened exactly. in any regards. So it's our time. It's our time. The next greatest generation. You know, right? Or wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Watch out. Or maybe I am. Not sure. No, no but I, I, one of the first things I did was I went back. My um, friend Kendra had given me like a bunch of books um, a couple years ago because we both are very morbidly minded. And she gave me a book about uh the yellow fever from 1980 18 and so like one of the first things i did like to kind of defense mechanism i think was i went through that and um yeah and it was i don't know anyway i think that's enough on on that on the reality of that because i i picked out some really good stories i think and i know i want to kind of banter a little bit so i hope that what follows is something that kind of puts everybody into a very good mood can kind of spark a little bit of magic come christmas time happy hanukkah to those who celebrate because when we're recording this we are on the several night of hanukkah so 
buckle in, please. And I'm going to present to you the first positive story. So all the way back in March, again, when nothing seemed as major, but we were kind of wowed with how major it really was. Um, actor and singer Josh Gad, the voice of Olaf from Frozen, uh, who is one of my favorites. I absolutely love Josh Gad. He is a hoot. He is an absolute delight. I get excited whenever I see him in anything. In fact, I am re-watching the show New Girl just for fun, and he showed up as Bear Claw, and I forgot about it, and I'm like, this is the funniest thing ever. Uh, so anyway, Josh Gad, uh, he he took it upon himself when quarantine first kind of started uh, kicking in, uh, and his his famous voice, who is known by kids and their parents across the world, uh, to do live readings of stories on Twitter for kids. When he decided to do it, he said, It is one thing I can do while I feel so fundamentally helpless. And I love when celebrities, especially celebrities who are very prominent in the realm of children, um, do things like that. Because, again, I think it just kind of keeps us like this magic alive. And I feel like because when you're an adult, there is nothing worse than finding out like something from your childhood was like. It wasn't a positive experience. For something like Gilmore Girls. Like I hated finding out that um, Lauren Graham and uh, crap, the actor who played Luke, (laughs) they didn't entirely get along. I think everything's better now. But like that was so horrible to me. (laughs) So I like when when these kind of stories can kind of... um, impact a little bit of like I said that magic and also Dolly Parton who is a huge advocate for for literacy programs which she even has her own um performed readings for kids on YouTube and I just I don't know like that genuinely was just nice and even like if you guys remember ton and ton and ton of actors and singers musicians did uh the remake of the princess bride um I mean there was so much like entertainment goodness that came out this year I think so that was always fun so nice all right our next piece also in March chef Jose Andre who has restaurants in New York City and Washington DC turned his restaurants into emergency community kitchens for those in need the meals cost seven dollars, but those who are un- who were unable to pay, uh, the meals cost. It was flexible for them, and the chef said, "Those who cannot afford to pay, we will welcome as well." And to me, that's just the the perfect usage of privilege to be able to offer something that you know how to create in a time of need, and. I love that we've seen a lot of that this year. Um, I think it kind of prioritized a couple things mentally and what we're seeing in terms of communities helping communities. Even though we see a lot of nastiness, I think that's the bigger news. So, 
that's a very good and uh, genuine move, you know, for uh, these restaurants that can give in these times. All right. So when the country started entering lockdown back at the beginning of the year, our communities faced the reality of just how overwhelming COVID-19 is and unfortunately discovered a massive shortage of PPE and proper gear in our local hospitals. It was then that we saw collectively communities start to come together and to push to supply these hospitals with protective gear. Um, Tattoo shops, oddly enough, uh, who are already facing major hardships because you have independent contractors who are, you know, running these these shops, uh, actually put forth efforts to donate the protective gear they had in their shops to their local hospitals. And these were things masks, gloves, uh, gowns, um, just things that, that you don't normally think of as inaccessible, but suddenly they were. TV productions like Grey's Anatomy and The Resident, both excellent shows, uh, they were able to donate their sterile supplies from the sets too. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. Like when I heard about that, I was like, that's that's a pretty boss move. Like, I hate the fact that we even had to think about how to supply our hospitals because they were effectively screwed over. Supply the real ones with the fake hospitals? But, I mean, it worked because no, they had the equipment, right. you know? So, again, it's just, like, it's those cool things. Like, It's, it's very interesting, too, that they would use actual N95 <laughs> masks on a set, too, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which in my opinion, it makes sense because if you want to enact reality, you might as well use it. Yeah. So I just thought, I thought that was like a really cool thing when I first read about it. Absolutely. So, okay. I'm surprised also that they're still filming Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) I mean, they're, I mean, they're navigating there. There's a lot. It's kind of funny because like I, I tried rewatching it. Um, What season is it in now? 17, I think. Okay. With like twenty somewhat episodes per season. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. You yeah. Know, it's it's a lot of story. It's a lot of story. <laughs> but the cool thing is they kinda like uh Ellen Pompeo who plays Meredith Grey, like she's totally fine with just kinda like taking the backseat and letting like other characters shine. So we get like introductions of new characters all the time. And so it really doesn't get super boring. I think that would be the only way to be able to sustain that is like a carousel of characters, kinda like the Simpsons do. They have just like mm-hmm. a carousel going on because, I mean, that would be the only way. Yeah. Yeah. It's they, like I said, they, they figured it out. All right. So if we can think back all the way, all the way to May of 2019, uh, you may recall having seen the absolutely heart-wrenching video of high school football coach and former Oregon wide receiver um, who had disarmed a student who was armed with a rifle and the intention to harm himself. Um, Keenan Lowe, the coach, hugged the teenager and undoubtedly saved the kid's life. The absolutely selfless, 
selfless act of like just true, true community love and kindness and empathy. Uh, earn it wound up earning this coach the Congressional Medal of Honor this year in March. And now apparently Disney is making a film about the whole situation, which, okay, um, have your thoughts on that. Uh, but I just, I don't know, like anytime I see the video and especially like looking for positive stories to share, like this one really affected me. Um, because it's just, it's just this kid who needed human connection. Like I'm even tearing up now thinking about it. Okay. So on that note, um, well, this, this opens plenty of discussions about societal expectations, uh, mental health, our youth. It's hopefully a wonderful beginning to, for this young student's life. Um, that's definitely a, uh, heartwarming tale and Disney's going to make he said a movie about it Mm -hmm. so he's going to have the uh, not only did he save a kid's life he's going to have a medal pinned on him or did it already pin yeah it was back in March already pinned and he's going to have the royalty checks and roll in from Disney yeah he's going to live very well that's my that's that's the man of the year maybe (laughs) maybe time should have thought about that actually about their persons of the year make the list i should look you know because uh in my opinion that's more of a person of the year yeah you know uh but that's definitely i just that (laughs) that like i said the video is just painful but also like it just restores so much faith in humanity like it's i don't know so okay here's something i think you will have some good good uh, stuff to say, as well as um, our friend Jim Bates. So, <laughs> in April, uh, there was indeed a side effect um, from the worldwide shutdowns that we experienced, and they surprised us all. Reductions in pollution. So, while air pollution is by no means a thing of the past and we still have to pay attention, the lack of traffic allowed air quality to significantly increase. So, in Punjab, India, I was going to say Indiana for some reason, India, for the first time in modern day, the Himalayas were actually visible. And that is so cool! Like, all of these man-made problems, it just... like blows my mind that it's like you know (laughs) yeah it uh it's definitely mind-boggling to see how the environment changes you know once um we stop consuming more you know and uh how everything is able to kind of clear up but as soon as we get back to back to regular business you know we can probably see a decline in that um i mean there's definitely arguments and speculation on whether or not we even have an impact at all or if the impact is going to be just straight lined as we're to say if we you know um are just trudging along this certain path you know in um or a certain timeline, and we really don't have any effect on anything, which is, in my opinion, obviously, is definitely not true. 
you know, um, and how many cautionary tales there are out there about what humans are doing, you know, specifically to the environment. And uh, it's just, uh, it, it's very interesting. I think I'll just conclude with that. Everything is very interesting. So let us take a trip to the wonderful world of Canada. So back in April, a project called Joy for All was launched. The initiative created by students from the Ever Active Schools Recreational Leadership Program was intended to offer socially distanced communication with senior citizens who were most harshly impacted by the isolation of quarantine. Best of all, the project also allowed the kids to submit their own written messages and recordings to share with the seniors in quarantine. Perhaps most eloquently, these kids also ensured that Indigenous elders, newcomers, immigrants, and refugees were included in being recipients. I love our youth. Very cool. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, reading through so many of these stories and how many kids have made such phenomenal just the steps they've taken to be just the the new norm you know what i mean in terms of i don't want to say accomplishments but in in how they they envision the future and i'm just like it gives me so much hope like ignore the tide pod kids they're easy to make fun of okay from you know the 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 newest generation but i can guarantee there are significantly more kids who are really pushing for a better future for themselves because we kind of screwed them up. Um, <laughs> so I just, I don't know, that one made me happy. All right. So this one I may actually have to pass over to, to you, to Joe, to take over because I might cry because I'm an emotional little baby. Let me Let me start it because everybody knows... Schitt's Creek is like my absolute favorite show in the entire world. It makes me happy. It got me through a very dark period. It's just, it's my heaven, you know? It it just, yeah. It's, it's such a magnificent, precious story being told. Um, so... When the show, if you haven't watched it, please watch it. But when the air show, when the show aired, uh, its tear-inducing finale this year, it was followed by a documentary that had been filmed during uh, the filming of the final season. In it, the stars were read by Noah Reed, who played uh, Dan Levy's love interest, uh, Patrick. Okay, <laughs> uh, Noah Reed read this beautiful letter. From a group of moms and I'm going to steal portions of it to share with you because it's important I promise but hopefully uh, I don't cry so let, let's see maybe I'm just gonna have Joe do it so mm, let's see. oh your commitment to representing love and tolerance in your show is so important to families like ours your willingness to explore, inform, and educate about LGBTQ people and their relationships is an entertaining but respectful and positive manner. Sets a tone that is often missing. The letter also said, 
you have created new ways for queer viewers to see themselves represented in its own way and is just as important as the battles we are still fighting. Therefore, the work you have all done on Shit's Creek has encouraged us greatly and given us hope about the future for our kids. We sincerely believe that shows like Shit's Creek will serve as a catalyst to help change the world into a kinder, safer, more loving place for all LGBTQ people to live. And because of that, we will remain forever grateful. You've made a lot of mama bears happy, and as a result, you have a whole bunch of fans forever. Like I said, Shit's Creek is, is such beautiful storytelling and like when you when you watch it or you hear about it you're like this is just a silly show but this is why I always go on and on and I'm sure everybody is sick of it by now but like why I keep saying represent representation matters when seeing yourself when kids see themselves um it's so important you know and and I just like I said it's we can do so much better and so this is where I'm gonna like really nail nail that that home is that we as creatives are in a position to make sure we create an inclusive space um and to make sure that that voices are heard so all right um I definitely uh, love how it is opening everybody up and the message behind it. Um, which definitely got me thinking about how, you know, um, the newer generation is opening these ideas and all the ideas are being able to process. And I was kind of thinking about it the other day and I kind of made a little notation about that. So it states, as being thrown from the gray shadows of society, we meet the newly molded face that has come forth to greet us with open arms and disgust upon its face. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I feel and I know that with all these new insights to how people can live and think and feel and believe and everything like that, um, even though there's opposition, I'm definitely intrigued. And, and excited to see how everything progresses. Let us let us drift over to the UK. Uh, you all, I'm sure, know who Banksy is. Um, which, if you don't, he's a street artist from the UK who uh, posts... Er, posts? Can't think of the right word. Posts, creates, creates, creates. <laughs> publishes uh, a very politically relevant art Um out in in uh, the city. Uh, anyway, this year, Banksy actually shared a new piece of beauty. Uh, in the piece, a young boy is seen playing with a doll beside a basket of toys and action figures with a Batman cameo. The doll in his hand is that of a nurse with a cape, and he's seen, like, flying her around uh, like she's a superhero. And... Um, it just, it's, I don't know, it was really, really beautiful. If you can look it up, it's called Game Changer. Um, and it's now on display at Southampton General Hospital in South England, in the south of England. Um, and it's just, I know we can honk horns. I know we can clap. We can do so many things for our frontline workers. 
but it it just and I realize like words even are are just as as essentially hollow but like frontline workers thank you you are the superheroes you guys really really truly are um and our essential workers like this I could go on and on and on so I'll try not to I'll try to keep it very short but it just thank you from the bottom of everybody's hearts I think we can all agree you guys are phenomenal so okay I'm trying not to cry through a lot of these um because last night I just like the as I was finding these like I was just crying I was just crying, so I'm trying not to be a baby. Um, so this this bit of news is actually both amazing but actually devastating. Um, but I thought it was very interesting, and I really wanted to congratulate this young man. Uh, for the first time since Princeton's inception, 274 years, that's a lot of years, uh, the school has named its first black valedictorian, Nicholas Johnson. And he said, I hope that this achievement motivates and inspires young black students, particularly those interested in STEM fields, he said. Congratulations. I don't, I, I know he's not listening to this, but holy crap. 274 years. That's inexcusable, really, but. Congrat! I mean, like, wow to this kid. Wow. I say kid. He's around our age. But <laughs> wow. Congratulations, sir. All right. And now here's some, some preciousness. So Chelsea Fair is a 10-year-old legend already. Having wanted to start, having wanting to, having wanted, having wanted to start her own charity since last year. Chelsea's dream finally came true. Since March, Chelsea has donated and shipped thousands of art kits to homeless shelters, schools affected by gun violence, women's shelters, and foster homes. In each art kit are crayons, colored pencils, markers, smocks, paint, paintbrushes, canvases, booklets, and sketch pads. And Chelsea puts them together herself. Um... And as of June, Chelsea is actually working on a graphic novel called Bubble Pop Princess. This is what I mean when I say our youth is is absolutely amazing. Um, this kid is phenomenal. Um, you know, like I'm art advocate over here. And so it's just like everything I love right here. And I hope this girl's parents, I can't imagine they would be anything less than proud of this kid's goals to help spread the majesty of art and succeed. Like, wow. She must have been given the insight and knowledge that art heals all. I think so. I think so. I, Chelsea Fair may save us yet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right. So... Maybe, maybe also the second one. Uh, Time should have thought about that one for the list. Hmm. Time magazine should have thought about mm-hmm. her for the uh, 
your list there. Buddy. Oh, hands down. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot about Chelsea Fair in time. Like, honestly, if we don't, I would be completely surprised. And here's another gentleman who also should be on a list. Uh, an amazing list, I mean. Uh, in Toronto, again, hi, Canada. Uh, 28-year-old carpenter, Khalil Seawright has developed temporary housing for homeless people that will generate warmth from body heat. With each house, it costs around $1,000. Khalil said, I've never seen so many people staying outside in parks, and this is something I could do to make sure people staying outside in the winter could survive. On top of that, Khalil's GoFundMe has generated just just under $200,000, allowing him to continue building the homes. Unfortunately, along with the good comes some bad, and the city uh, has threatened to and actually succeeded in removing some of the shelters, but Khalil, his donors and citizens are fighting the good fight through petitions and calling their representatives to ensure the safety of those living in those shelters. I just think that's amazing, you know, to this kid. Again, he has these skills. He applied them to it's not a permanent solution, but it's a helpful Band-Aid for now. Um, and it really sucks that, you know, there's a threat to the destruction of these these shelters. Um, but again, I think this is a kid who's definitely going to go far and um pave the way for the opportunity to actually see some kind of shift in how countries treat their homeless. Um, I hope. So that was a story that just made me, again, happy but also sad. Um, so, yeah. Definitely good on him. The final story uh, I wanted to put in here is um hopefully you've seen the video if you haven't please look it up it is absolutely worth watching so one of the most beautiful moments that came from 2020 was in the form of a video of former prima ballerina marta gonzalez who has alzheimer's uh she is seen in this video actually recalling the choreography from swan lake in the video, the former ballerina, she's sitting with headphones on. She's listening to the music. Um, she, it's just so pretty. It's, she enchants us with this water-like movement uh, with her arms. And, and, and it's all from muscle memory. Um, and it's just so cool, like, to see her, like, you can see the recollection on her face. Um, so a 2018 study actually discovered music is able to activate parts of the brain spared by Alzheimer's. Uh, but it's got to be music that is is impactful to us. Like, it, res it something happened, you know, like, to impact our memory. Um, but that explains why it was Swan Lake for this dancer, you know, was able to trigger that muscle memory for her. And it's just, it's a beautiful video. Like it is stunning. They put up like the way they, they manufactured, not manufactured it, but the way they kind of publish this video is, uh, they gave us 
kind of a side by side where we get to see her uh, performance in its heyday and also, you know, next to itself, to itself currently. And it's just like, again, it's one of those videos you see and you're just like happy, you know, like Alzheimer's is a horrible, 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 horrible thing to watch um, happen to somebody. And to know, though, like, hopefully this was a good, like, knowingly a good place for her to feel and be. And and it just, I don't know, like, it was a stunning video. Um, and again, I'm tearing up. Like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know why I'm being so emotional this week. I remember that video. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the movie Limitless? Mm-hmm. With Bradley Cooper? Um so within the movie, he takes this pill, which actually it's apparently a real pill. Um, it doesn't do the no, same. No, that's a myth. That's a whole myth. No, not that pill. It's like it's an actual, like, chemical within the pill. There's an actual chemical within the pill. It doesn't do the same thing though, right? To be able to activate the brain in that manner, but there is a chemical within that pill that is replicant of another uh, substance within the fictional pill, right? Okay. So. Um, anywho, in the movie, um, he's able to access this certain part of his brain after taking the pill on because of the subconscious part. Yeah. Right? He's able to recall these memories on there, you know, that he doesn't really remember because the subconscious was able to pull it. Yes, I remember seeing that video is definitely an inspiring, uh, video and for hopes for our own you know, mental state and humanity that this can elevate us all. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, uh, even though it feels like it and it seems like it, 2020 wasn't a complete dumpster fire. We've played witness to the cruelty and the horror that humanity has to offer because those are the headlines, and that's what's attractive. Um, and it instigates curiosity to see how awful the world is. And it can be. It, there's no denying that. Um, and so I know we're all tired of hearing about COVID and the effects. And uh, our friends, or family, brothers, sisters, neighbors, postal workers, communities of color it's it's the fact is that this year has been absolutely devastating without a doubt uh but i also acknowledge it has been a year of listening and learning it's been a year of reading and paying attention of importance and prioritizing And that every day counts and matters. It's also been a year of understanding just how badly I think we need to forgive ourselves and be kinder to ourselves. Uh, While each story I shared or found, um, it kind of gives us this concept of the worthiness of achievements that people have, have earned um, based on their productivity, I just want everybody to know that that uh, 
your productivity is not equal to your worth. And this year, I think, absolutely proves it. Um, If you've needed to rest or wanted to rest and needed to rest, um, if you've needed to get away from social media or escape into binging trashy reality TV, or if you just said, screw it, that is okay. 2020 is the year of pristine education that we, I don't think, would have gotten any other way. You know, um, mentally, we are all exhausted. And we're all sick of bad news. And while none of that will go away, neither will the good news. There's always going to be goodness in some way or another. So on that note, we want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I don't know why I'm crying. (laughs) But what were you going to? I said Merry Christmas (laughs) and the only way to move is forward. Yep. All right. So as always, you can find us at theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and also on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thank you for listening. Until next time. The world of myth bitch. One man, one solution.